This is The Telescopic World, Season 3, Chapter 2. In this episode, I will be attempting to build a system towards the navigation of the telescopic world. To start off, the telescopic effect, ultimately documents the link between the objects of consciousness of some individual, within the particulars of their life, and the objects of consciousness for the global actor. This effect documents the direct link, as opposed to the obvious and direct link, between how we relate to the objects of consciousness in our life, and how global actors, the decision-makers, experience their relation to the objects in their lives. It betrays the supreme importance of the individual in global events, the role of their duties and responsibilities, in ensuring the orderly functioning of a global system. It manifests as the bottom-up and top-down feedback loop between lateral alters, between the objects of consciousness in their lives. This means that objects in the life of the individual, the average citizen, symbolically represent objects within the global sphere for global actors. This bottom-down and top-up feedback loop plays out through the objects of consciousness of lateral alters. But it is fundamentally representative of a particular worldview. After all, your worldview determines your lateral alters. Which is why when your life is disordered, your worldview antagonistic, you will find that your lateral alters are linked to you through that worldview. This means that disorder in their life, feeds into the disorder in your life, and vice versa, as your objects symbolically represent objects of significance in their life. Now, in order to begin this undertaking of constructing a moral system out of the principles explained in this podcast, I first have to highlight the centrality of duty and care with respect to your objects of consciousness. But ultimately, the feedback loop between your lateral alters will undermine attempts to organize your life, to relate to your objects of consciousness in an effective way. Which means that the first step is to align your worldview, with whomever you desire to maintain a lateral connection. The more closely your worldview mirrors theirs, the more particularly your objects of consciousness will mirror theirs. Thus, first and foremost, a worldview is like an address within this system. Next, it must be said that duty, and care, with respect to your objects of consciousness is the highest good. It is the highest good, because the more you relate to your objects of consciousness in a way which is productive, the more order will manifest amongst those objects which they represent. If you wish to be a force for good in the world, you can only do that if your own life is in order, and your worldview reflects the worldview of those within the power structure within your society. Because remember, if you align yourself with the enemies of your country, then the care you exert on your own objects of consciousness will accrue to them. But more importantly, even if you align yourself with those who have no direct power over the institutions, economy and political structures of your society, you are more likely to be used as a back channel to some ideologically opposed group by your own people. And the disorder in your life, will be transmuted into their lives. Indeed, because those in power are aware of this telescopic effect they use it, which means that your alignment with the enemies of your state merely ensures the destruction of those with whom you align, by function in your unwilling participation through your objects of consciousness but the telescopic effect has a deeper and more profound significance. It ultimately underscores the supremacy of the common person in the grand scheme of things. If every action you take towards your objects of consciousness impacts global events through the medium of their symbolic representation, then it is not global forces which determine events but rather local causes. The attitudes that you have towards your duties and responsibilities are directly linked to the functioning of the global order. Not indirectly. Not through some chain of causation. But directly. In a way, then, no average individual is insignificant. No average person, no matter how odious, or how minor their role in society, exists in a vacuum. Even if your worldview is odious to those in power, you are an instrument. You may be a back channel, but if you order your life, and you choose your worldview, you can both ameliorate and undermine global movements and events. Personally, the supremacy of the individual in the telescopic world gives me a sense of meaning, but it is more accurate to say, that it should give you a sense of significance.
Now, the second principle I would like to adopt in this moral system, involves the interpolation of judgment and faith in others. In the podcast, How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix Monologues, we talked about how judgment, represents the cutting away of another's ability to fully participate in your consensual reality. In effect, by generating negating impulses towards their action, you are preventing them from fully investing themselves in your consensual space. The juxtaposition of judgment with faith, was that faith in others, represents the extension of your consensuality, the granting of leave so to speak, for others to be themselves, within your consensual space. But these two principles reveal something key about how the system works as a whole. First of all, everyone has something to teach you. Every theory, every structure, every architecture of thought, is the product of the exchange of information in an intersubjective space. By having faith in others, you are creating a space inside your consensual space for them to enter, to educate you in some way, to enhance the development of your consciousness. For the expansion of one's consensuality is only possible through the incorporation of others into that consensual space. But, it starts with the recognition that dissonant spaces are generated through rejection of the affirmatory narratives of others. This produces multiplicity, or consciousness scattering, but is fundamentally a reflection of judgment. For in judgment, you are cutting away the narratives that may enter your consensual space. Both judgment and rejection of others' affirmatory narratives are of the same species. This species is anathema to the growth of your consensuality. But, let's be clear here, I am not suggesting that you merely exceed yourself to the affirmatory narratives of others. What I am suggesting is that since we know that your unconscious rejection of the other is a manifestation of your unconscious rejection of yourself, then we can also see that in knowing another, learning about them, you are also coming to an understanding with yourself. It isn't about spreading affirmation. It is about coming to terms with your own unconscious antipathy. For in coming to terms with your own unconscious antipathies, you are expanding your consensual space, drawing others into it, by putting a positive expectation before them. It begins with destroying the context. In the rebellion from a role assignment, you are bringing yourself face to face with multiplicity. But you are also learning to recognize that we are all in all. For when you unconsciously reject another, you are actually unconsciously rejecting yourself but you are also demonstrating the ability to see into the hearts of others, and something within their heart binds them to you in some way. Thus, everyone has something to teach us, but only if we are willing to get to know them. For our unwillingness to step beyond our own unconscious antipathies betrays an inability to develop our consensual space. But there are other ways to expand your consensuality, namely, by making lateral shifts in decision-making. For example, making a plan, and then at the last second, doing something completely different. It is only in our willingness to escape our own expectations that we can truly expand our consensuality into the unseen. Further, acting on supposition, that is without contingency, eliminates the ability of others to unconsciously alter the stream of our conscious attention. Thus, carefully choosing with whom and around whom one allows oneself to act contingently, can have the effect of altering the narratives one is subject to, which might produce unconscious shifts in behavior. Eliminating negative habits, through pattern breaking, through breaking continuity with unfavorable past behaviors, can improve one's quality of life by undermining the habitual nature of those habits and routines. Thus, pattern breaking, routine breaking, dislodging the bodily rhythms, can be used productively for the expansion of one's consensuality just as easily as it can be adapted to producing the unusual. The imperative to destroy the context, thus comes with a catch. For in the production of dissonant consensualities, we are undermining the incorporation of others into our consensual space. Thus, destroying the context is only the beginning of the process. The next step is the construction of a structure, the replacement of the narratives of others with narratives generated by one's own mind. Not personal narratives mind you, 
but narratives which have the ability to impact the development of the conjoined consensuality. For the first step is to create a dissonant consensuality through the rejection of the affirmatory narratives of others. The second step is the formation of a new conjoined consensuality which incorporates others into our consensual space through a positive expectation. The idea is, you shatter the plate first, yes, but only so that it can be formed into something meaningful after the fact. Likewise, recognition that one's loss of control is a problem which can be ameliorated by altering spatial and intellectual signposts, betrays the fundamental importance of one's associations and patterns in the organization of one's behavior. The narratives that you generate within dissonant consensualities must incorporate others, a positive expectation of others, into the newly formed consensual space. Only if you include others within your narratives will you able to generate a consensual space that has the capacity to be conjoined. Creating a consensual space for others means recognizing their agency, their capacity to develop their own consciousness in response to their objects of consciousness. Further the telescopic world, the design of the panopticon, relies upon a few principles. 1. Bodies are vessels within cells within the panopticon. 2. Consciousness is common between all people, only one consciousness, flowing between them through the structures of the psychic telescopic within the panopticon. 3. The ability of individuals to body switch represents the a functionally identical interface between them, this interface is their consensuality. 4. A dissonant consensuality limits those with whom they can exchange physical form. 5. Appropriation of ideas occurs both due to the telescopic effect, vertically, and horizontally, through exchanges between ourselves and our lateral alters. This appropriation, is really just a form of information transfer between cells, a recapitulation of the principle that everyone has something to teach you. 6. The oneness of consciousness is not the same as the oneness of God. The cell exists in interdimensional spaces beyond the panopticon and its telescopic world. Finally, consciousness scattering, although fundamental to the system, multiplicity, is more a reflection that you have gone too far in the development of dissonant spaces, than it is reflective of some relative good. Multiplicity, the terminal universe, are thus signs you have gone too far. But the unusual, the glitch is fundamentally educating. It represents the acquisition of knowledge, the expansion of your consensuality in ways that you might otherwise not be able to access. It is only by exploring these experiences that you can learn from them. Remember, that it is not your job to bring out the non-consensuality of another. You cannot force someone to develop their consciousness, you can only have faith that they will. You cannot punish someone into developing and growing their consensuality, but ultimately, although both kindness and hatred educate to someone willing to learn, kindness is infinitely more powerful. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.